to take you on kind of a journey today uh, with me, and I just want to basically use part of what I went through in my life to hopefully help open up some very powerful things that God doesn't just want to do, didn't just want to do for me, but wants to do for, for all of us and for all of his children. And I think that for people in particular that may, you know, be battling or have battled with, you know, things that, or know someone, a family or friend, family member or friend that's battling with things that are really got a grip on them, you know, strongholds or addictions or just different things that they just can't seem to break out of. And this could cover a very wide gamut of situations, but the, this, the stuff that I want to share with you today, I believe would be incredibly impactful uh, because it's, it's exactly what happened in my own life. And, of course, it's, it's a testimony to who God is and what he can do. And it's a testimony to the life that he wants us to be able to live. And it's a life of victory. And so I just start out by quickly sharing with you. Um, you know, I've mentioned before that I grew up with a, a great family, a strong upbringing. And that is just definitely the case. I can't say that enough. I mean... The, the, the foundations, the stability, the encouragement, it was all around me. I mean, it was there. As much as you can expect that from a family support system, I had that. And, and in many times, it guarded me and it, it kept me on track, you know. But I, like very many people, when I got to be, you know, into my teenage years, started making some pretty stupid choices, you know. And a lot of it had to do with just curiosity or wanting to, to try things and do things and most of it had to do with just people that I was hanging around and, and the direction that, that they were going and it kind of pulled me along with it. And so there was just this, you know, it started out just trying simple drugs and doing things. Um, drinking, smoking pot, you know, and I'm going to share some things that are very personal today. So look, this is just this is who I am, you know, I just, I want this to be something that is uh, able to show you just how powerful God is. That, that's, I mean, I don't hide these things. I'm not, in, you know, necessarily, I'm not proud of them, but I don't hide them. But I feel like that now I'm in a moment where God is, is just showing me that a lot of these things can really help a lot of people. And, and if that's the case, then I'm all for it, you know. And so, so I started doing some things like that. And it just escalated, and it escalated, and it escalated. You know, it got to be where it wasn't just a weekend thing. It was pretty much like a, a Wednesday, and then a Thursday, and Friday, and, you know, well, Monday is kind of like, you know, after the weekend. You just want to kind of not start your week too soon. And before you knew it, it was like a, an all-the-time thing. And whatever I was doing, whether it was school or whether it was work, I mean, I was still sort of functioning with that stuff going on, you know, still doing drugs, still going out and partying very late at night, and, and some many, many times right on through the evening into the morning when I would just go straight to work, you know. And, uh, and, and then simple drugs, they weren't enough. I mean, then I started really pushing it, you know. There wasn't really any drug that I wouldn't try. In fact, cocaine became a very popular choice for me. And 
I, I got really hard into that for, for a period of a couple years. And, and then relationships, you know, I got really messed up with just how I was approaching relationships. I became very desensitized to, you know, really treat, I mean, I treated a girl right, but I just became desensitized to what the proper way to, you know, approach a relationship was. I was very self-seeking. I was looking for my own interests, you know, and if that wasn't there, then it just, it wasn't right in my mind. And my point in saying all of these things is that to, to show you that as we move forward in our lives, we, we begin to form like belief systems. We begin to form like a lens in our mind in which we view the world, in which we see things and how they work. And, and, and you begin to basically, if you're walking or, or something like what I was walking out, I sort of allowed everything that I thought to bend you know, to fit what I wanted it to be. Like the idea of doing drugs and stuff to me, I thought was okay. I mean, I thought, look, I'm young. I'm not going to do that for the rest of my life. I'm just trying things. You know, I need to be able to live and enjoy this while I'm here. And, and I really believe that, you know, I was able to convince myself that same thing with the relationships and all this other stuff. And I began to live my life based on those belief systems, right? I began to walk out my decisions, the way I treated people, the way I thought about things. It all sort of flowed through this, this mental uh, distorted view that I had of how life was and how everything you know, could be or was supposed to be. And, and that's what happens as we move through life is our minds begin to be shaped and we begin to form belief systems and thought processes based on, you know, what we're allowing to sort of take root in there. And it's shaped by what the world says. It's shaped by what people around us say. And, but we're ultimately the ones that allow that stuff to happen. The challenge is that, that most people, they don't really realize it's happening and so they just sort of allow it and they don't take you know, any type of initiative to know this is not what I am going to do or I'm not going to believe this way. And so they just sort of start to develop this, this framework of thinking that leads them to do more and more and more of the same things. And it becomes a pattern. It becomes a habit. And it really begins to form what we know is like a stronghold in their life. And a stronghold is essentially like a uh, a fortress or a barrier around which you can move within, but it won't let you out. And so that's, that's basically how I was living my life. You know, these things had a grip on me. And thank God that that all changed. You know, I was probably uh, 20, I was 22 years old. In fact, the reason I think a lot of this is coming up for me is that this summer, like in the next month, will be 12 years uh, from when I actually gave my life to the Lord, you know. And so that that summer, I was 22 years old, and I was dating my wife at the time, and, and she was brought up to really be a strong believer, and so she was, you know, having an influence on me, and I fortunately had been around, I was around some people at that time that were having a good influence on me, and of course, you know, my family and my parents, they were always still speaking the things to me that I needed to hear, and, and mind you, there was a lot of good things there in my belief system, too. I mean, I knew you had to work hard. I knew you had to be, you know, good to your family. I, I mean, there was some good stuff there, too. But I guess what I'm getting 
getting at is that my life was just, it was on a reckless course. I mean, it was just not headed in a good direction so far as I, I believe. So I'm dating my wife. We're, you know, 22 years old and started going to church. And one day, about 12 years ago, I just decided, I knew that it was time for something to change. There was an invitation for me to give my life to the Lord, um, to accept Jesus in my heart, to, to, to be reborn and to have my eternal life secured. And all I can say about that is that, or I say many things, but one of the things I would say is that it wasn't like I was really looking for it, you know? I wasn't like trying to find it or like I got to get the answers to like, you know, what's after this life? I've got to figure all this out. I was just in a place where God knew what I needed, and, and he sought me out. I mean, he sought me out, and he saved me. The Bible says in John chapter 6, verse 44, no one comes to, Jesus said, no one comes to me unless the Father draws him. And I just thank God for this because I feel like God sought me out in the place that I was, and he drew me, he drew my heart to him, and I made the decision to receive and accept him, and everything changed at that moment in, inside of me. In fact, this scripture that's so dear to me in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, really describes this. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I can tell you that that day that I gave my life to Jesus, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that something had changed in me. And it wasn't like, you know, a normal change, like, well, I got a haircut or, you know, I just worked out. or I mean, and you could, this was something internal that had happened. And I knew that God had breathed his spirit into me. I'd become a new creation. There'd been a transformation in my life. And I was excited about it. I was, I, I knew that, okay, this is what I've been looking for, or, th or this is what I've been lacking. This is what I needed that I didn't know I needed, you know. And, and really at that point is where the journey just began for me. Now, receiving Jesus in your heart and, and being made a new creation in Christ secures our eternal life in heaven when we go from this world. We know that. The Bible tells us that. And we rejoice in that. But there's also a journey. There's a walk that we go through through this life from that time we receive Jesus and we're born again until we do leave this earth to go be with him in heaven. And that walk that process of going forward is where I want to really focus my time today because a lot of those things that I talked about that I battled with that gripped me, they did not just change immediately overnight. What happened in me changed immediately, but there was a process of things falling off and being broke off of me and me breaking through things that happened over a, a period of time of walking through this with, with the Lord. And so the way I would, I would explain this journey is it's kind of like the Bible says, uh, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 through 18. He says, the, spirit, where the, spirit, the Lord is spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are, get this, this is the key, are being transformed 
into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord. And so when we have Christ in our heart and we're walking through our remaining days on this earth, the Bible is very, Paul's very clear here about telling us that there is a transformation that is ever at work in us, in our lives. And the purpose that God has is to basically transform us to reflect or be more like His Son as we go along. And so that transformation is something that's always happening. It's not like everything about the way we think and everything about the way we act and everything about the way we walk is immediately like Christ when we receive Him. That is not the way it happens. His Spirit comes to live on the inside of us, but we are now fashionable clay in his hands, being molded and shaped and, and, and grinded on and whatever's necessary to begin to make us more and more like Jesus and more and more like the person that God had created us to be. And so that process of transformation is something that happens supernaturally by a holy God that lives on the inside of us. It's not something that we can start lining out, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to do that and then I'm going to, you know, go through these classes and then I'm going to take, you know, these steps and then like all of these things are the key to the transformation because it's not. You, we cannot transform anything. We are powerless when it comes to this. Only a supernatural God can perform the transformation that's necessary to shape us more and more into the person that he created us to be. And so I stand here now looking back. This is, this is something I've only come to really gain like understanding more on in the last couple of years. But as I look back into those early years when I gave my life to God and I began to walk out of things and, and, and things began to break off me and, and I gained victory, I see now that this is what was happening. That there was a transformation that I was actually allowing to happen in me because I was pursuing God and I I was seeking the life that he had for me. I had become dissatisfied with the life that I was living. I wasn't I wasn't fully able to let go of it. I wasn't totally just over the top in victory over it, but I was so dissatisfied with it that I wanted what God had for me, and I was seeking it with all my heart. And there was a transformation that was occurring and that was, a ha and that was happening in me that was basically allowing, it was, it was reshaping my mind and the way I saw things and the way I viewed things, and that allowed me to be able to walk through and overcome more and more of those things that had such a grip on me. And there's a scripture in Romans chapter 12. It's a very popular scripture. I would so encourage you to repeat this every day. And it's in verse 2. It says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I want to break this scripture down a little bit today because in this lies some of the most powerful truths that God has ever shown me since I've been walking with him. And they are liberty, like freedom producing truths in our lives whenever we, when we grasp these. And so he starts out saying, don't be conformed to the world. And I would say that the way I described that walk I was on 
is exactly what was happening. I was being conformed. My views, my thinking, my decisions, it was all being conformed to this worldly way of looking at things, to the way I was you know, fitting into what I wanted it to be. It's kind of like water. You can pour it into a glass, and then you can pour it into a pitcher. You can fill different things, and the water just expands to fill the vessel. It, it just takes that form. And if we go through life apart from God doing his transformational work, and we're just going at it on our own, conformation to the world is the only other, alter, is the only other outcome. If God isn't transforming us as we go forward, then the world will be conforming us. There's not a neutral ground here. And so the conformation that was happening uh, in my life is the same thing that's happening for many out there. So he says, don't be conformed. Don't allow yourself to, to go through and be, because as you move forward, things are happening in your mind, in your spirit. Things are, are developing. Things are being deposited. Things are being shaped. So if you're not being transformed by the Holy Spirit in your life, then you're going to be conformed to the world as you walk. And I would say this, look, this happens for people that have received Christ. They don't necessarily pursue that the life God has for them. And so that transformation that the Bible shows us is an ongoing process is not necessarily happening. It's not, it's not taking place in their lives and producing the results that God would have it to produce in them. That's why you can see people that, are, that, that maybe believe in God or they've received Christ, but they just keep going off on tailspins or going into addictions and things that, that, that plague them without breaking free of that and without overcoming that grip that those things have on them because they're not they're not engaged in that process of allowing God to transform them and it's not because God doesn't want to God's always willing and able it's because for whatever reason they've disengaged from that process they they're not seeking God they're seeking their own desires or they're they're allowing the world to just sort of lead them along and so we move on to that to the next part of this scripture which is transformed be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that transformation, the word there in the Greek, is the word metamorph, metamorpho, actually, which is kind of where we've derived that word metamorphosis, which we describe how butterflies, you know, when, they, when a caterpillar changes over to a butterfly. And what happens is that there's actually a change of form, a change of shape, a change of structure, an entire transformation that happens. And he goes on to say that it happens in our minds. And that word there is noose, which means the decision-making faculties, the, the reasoning and the intellect and all of the things by which we make decisions in our lives and carry out actions. And so this is what was so big that was happening for me as I look back is I wasn't, it wasn't like I was just, you know, getting like more willpower or more self-discipline or something that God was supernaturally transforming my mind, the neurocircuitry, all that stuff that's up there. This is like unbelievable, right? All that stuff that's in your, your mind that causes how you think your belief systems, the way you view things, 
All that stuff is it is it builds over time. It it, it gets established. There's there's it's like it takes a supernatural God to just go in there and just start transforming all of that. And you begin to start thinking more of God's thoughts. And you begin to see things more the way God would have you to see them. The Bible, Isaiah, the, the prophet Isaiah said that he said that God told him, he says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. And my ways are not your ways. So the human being, the natural mind, will never think the way that God would have you to think. You have to have a whole a supernatural transformation that is, is going on in your mind to change your reasoning faculties, your intellect, your lens in which you view the world. And God, as you walk with him and seek his ways for your life, begins to do that. He's, he was supernaturally transforming my mind to where I begin to see things entirely differently. The things that I was able to accept or, or, or make excuses for or just sort of bend my my philosophy, if you will, to fit the, the things that I was doing, all of that just it just started to get deconstructed. And, and a new way of viewing things and thinking began to be reconstructed. And I was not totally even aware that this was happening, but God was doing this all the time as I was seeking him and pursuing the life that he had for me. Look, you know, let me just wrap up in saying this, that we have to, though we don't necessarily fully understand all the things that God does and how he does them, that we have to really grasp the fact that we need this. We need, we've got to grasp that part and that we do have a role to play. And that is just like I said, staying engaged and, and pursuing that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, it says, though, the, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Isn't that a powerful scripture? Look, we, we walk in the flesh. These days that we have remaining, that I've talked about since we've received Christ, we are walking them out in the flesh. Christ's spirit living in us, but in a fleshly body. That will change when we leave this earth, but that's how we walk the remaining days out here. But the scripture, Paul, is so clear here. We walk in the flesh, but we don't war according to the flesh. We don't bring down strongholds according to the flesh. We don't bring thoughts into captivity according to the flesh. We don't do battle on a spiritual level with natural equipment. It just doesn't work. We have to have that supernatural power of God that we war in the spirit to where we are allowing God to bring those things to pass supernaturally by his abilities and his power and his might in our lives as we are seeking him and in faith believing that these things are possible and that he wants these things for us and they begin to become a reality in our lives and, and as a result strongholds are pulled down that things, thoughts are brought into captivity uh, to the obedience of Christ. And so we continue to walk it out. Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, he said, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out 
your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both will and to do for his good pleasure. And so he's saying, work out. And if you study that, it actually means to work all the way down to the end point. So work out, walk out. This salvation you've received, take it and run with it. Walk it out. Go be who I've called you to be now in the power and the authority that I've given you. And as you do, know that it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. So to will is God's desire, him ready to act at any point on our behalf, his power available at all times and at all moments in our lives. And to work is the, actually in, is the actual engagement of those things happening that are God's will for us, right? There's the willing and then there's the working. There's God's desire us and then there's it actually happening and coming to pass and it's God's will that we have it and it's him who does that work in us and it's us that seek him and pursue the life he has for us so that that so that we are staying engaged in that process it's just like you know an electrical the electrical uh, current that's running through this this building all we've got to do is plug in and we've got power well most of the time in this building, as we know, we've been without it a few. But mo we just plug in and we've got power, right? We don't stop and try to create our own power source. So as long as we're plugged in and, and, and engaged in this process of seeking God's will for our lives, and, you know, in prayer, reading the scriptures, being a part of a family of believers, right? I mean, there's a lot of things that we do to stay engaged, but these are all things that move us along in that process. And as we do, God is transforming us. He's transforming me. He's transforming you. He's transforming a lot of people, but there's a lot of other people that he wants to transform that as we walk through our lives that way, we can help others find that same thing. So let's go ahead and stand to our feet.